Those of you that are listening to the regular podcast version, welcome back. Yes, we're only about five seconds away from where we last left you guys <laughs> off. I wanted to make sure that we had a break in here specifically for Dallin so that he can do the magic that he does because I can't do this shit. And right now, <laughs> I'm a little more than three quarters of the way through the first bottle. I still have the other one over on the... Uh, I was going to say, you, you should have time marked it by, um, okay, my first bottle's done. Funk. Okay. Break yeah, well, here. <laughs> no, there's, 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 a, there's a reason why I wanted to stop right here because there is a really important part where we left, left off. It was a matter of some people cannot afford to pay the incredible exorbitant 10 times more for a particular drug. Doctor. We've dealt with this particular situation before. So I think you're probably um, you're probably in a really excellent spot to go ahead, roll your eyes, sigh, and tell us how much this one hurts. The people who can't afford those sudden incredible increases in copays on stuff, drugs especially, who all of a sudden get incredibly desperate and decide that they're going to go ahead and go down the natural path, the homeopaths, oh. Oh. the yeah. the crap peddlers. Uh -huh. This is the reason why I wanted to specifically stop us right here, because this is the next hill we will die on okay. because of so many different things. You got the floor. Be my guest. Okay. All right. So you have just lifted the, the rock and let all the bugs and worms crawl out from underneath. I got news for you. We've, we've, we've talked about this one several times, several yeah. times before, and it's right. never been fun. But Give this is a situation. Of gasoline and a match, and I'll show you yeah. what happens underneath that rock. This is one of those situations <laughs> where you're in exactly the right position, in exactly the right moment where, uh, I'm serious, you've got the floor. You take as much time as you want to make whatever point you want at this point. I'm just going to sit back and let you go ahead and do your thing. Cause if you're anything like, I think you are, this is going to be the type of thing that our people need to hear. Okay. Well, um, I appreciate that Mike. And, and this is a, an area of great interest to me because in addition to being a physician, I am also a dedicated skeptic. Uh, and I go to a number of different skeptic conferences and I, we have attended lectures dealing specifically with, so-called alternative medicine or complementary medicine mm -hmm. uh, and, and all of that sort of thing. And one of my favorite quotes is from one of my favorite, you know, skeptical performers, who is Tim Minchin. Um, who, yes. No, Tim. And who said, yeah. when alternative medicine works, they have a different name for it. It's medicine. Medicine. <laughs> yes. Yep. So, we know that one. Exactly. What I, what I do find is that uh, there are people saying, uh, well, you know, it may be for cost or it may be simply because um, they have this this uh, idea somehow that, you know, if it's if it's a chemical and pharmaceuticals are chemicals, it's bad for them. Whereas if it's sold by some if it has the name natural on it, then it has to be safe and good. Um, and we like to point out that arsenic is found naturally also. That's not so good yep. for you. But um, so I run into this all the time. And in fact, um, there's this, this area, um, these two areas that have sprung up now. One is called uh, naturopathy or, or, you know, naturopathic medicine. And the other is, is uh, functional medicine. 
and uh, they're, they're not that different from each other. Um, you know, in, in the, the main thing with functional medicine is, is uh, these are practitioners who in most cases are, are doctors or have a medical degree, and, but they make these, these fantastic claims like, um, well, we're going to do things for you that normal doctors don't do because normal doctors only treat diseases. They don't treat the whole person. Um, or, um, normal doctors, regular doctors, uh, don't take into account lifestyle, um, or they don't take into account nutrition. Uh, and in fact, you know, if the doctors doctors are are good practitioners, they most certainly do want to treat the whole person. They are interested Mm -hmm. in the causes of diseases. They do take into account things like nutrition. Um, but what they don't do is order a bunch of unnecessary and expensive tests, which, Functional medicine doctors will often do. They'll say, oh, well, you know, we have to test you for heavy metals. Um, and that's going to cost $700. Um, and the other thing that functional medicine doctors and, and so-called naturopaths will also do, that doctors are prohibited from doing, is sell you a bunch of proprietary, you know, remedies and supplements out of their own office. And say, well, you need, you know, my special kind of B12 that you can't get anywhere else. And that's $300 a month. And so people will come in and say, I didn't waste a bunch of money on, on dangerous chemicals, but meanwhile, you spend twice as much, and you got a bunch of stuff that's probably not going to do much good for you. So, yeah, we fight this all the time. Yeah, there is a, a term that I actually got down from um, uh, a favorite show, uh, The show, Thinking uh, Atheist. And it was yeah. one that uh, he had somebody uh, on somebody before who was talking about pseudoscience. And his and favorite his phrase, phrase was, was, and I quote, and I quote Happy, hippie, holistic, herbal, healing, horseshit. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> He's had that guy on twice, and it was the second time. Like, oh, I got to yeah. write this down because this is just too precious. <laughs> it is. It's, and it's, I've seen this mentality before of the idea of, quote, big pharma. And, you know, the, yes, the pharmacy industry is out to make profit Mm -hmm. but they're not that stupid they can't kill everyone or they won't have customers you know Mm -hmm. it's and the the magnitude of conspiracies that would have to be involved to accomplish what a lot of these people say is going on is just beyond ridiculous you know the um... one the one I hear a lot is, well, chemotherapy makes you sicker than the cancer because they want you to have cancer because they make money off of it. And it's just. <laughs> How many times have you heard that? Oh, pharmaceutical companies don't want people to get better because then they can't sell their product. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no As profit like- in a cure. I'm sorry, but there are so many things that can go wrong with our supposedly perfectly designed bodies that we pharmacies will never go out of business. It's just it's not going to happen because we still evolve. We still mutate. We still do weird shit that doctors have never seen before. There's always going to be a need for pharmaceuticals in some fashion. So it, it's just a ridiculous notion. Yeah. And back when we had, we had Andrew Torres on here a few episodes back talking about big pharma and how deep down the rabbit hole you'd have to go for this conspiracy to actually work. And the, the scope yeah. of it, um, uh, like it, it got into some X files level bullshit. 
in, in terms of how far, <laughs> no, really, in terms of how yeah. far down yeah. you'd have to go and how extensive it would have to be and how long-term, yeah. how past a human lifespan in terms of longevity it would have to be, nobody's that committed. Yeah. No. Uh, real, real quick, uh, two items. Uh, item one, I, I'm going to be turning off the camera in, in a couple of seconds. Uh, sorry. Releasing the camera control in a couple of seconds so I can go and get the second other uh, bottle, uh, the second bottle. Um, be- because, uh, Dallin, just for you. <laughs> there you go. I love having awesome. my reverb. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's that's the first bottle down. Uh, but the the other part of it is, um, my wife was a couple of months shy of 35. 35 years old, married 12 years with a two and a half year old kid. Every time that canard comes back up again, that says that, you know, they just want to keep selling you something so that you can keep coming in. You guys who have known me long enough know full well, I just want to tear people's lungs out through their nostrils. Um, yeah, but that's, yeah, again, going back to my, my my stay. Yes, I was in what they called a a surgical recovery ward, but it was also an oncology ward. And I had, I've said this before, I had upwards of nineteen roommates during my stay, and not all of it was um, cordial. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, I had to listen to a doctor tell the family of a 19 year old girl that her colon cancer was untreatable. And that was after they'd done exploratory surgery and they lost it. I was, I was behind a curtain. Um, I mean, that's how they partition these rooms. I could still, I, I never saw her face. I never saw the face of the family because they were only there for a couple of days and I was hooked up to more machines than I care to think about. Um, but I remember hearing the doctor talk and the girl said, so basically we're waiting for me to die. Mm. 19 years old. I've lived admittedly a very sheltered life. I came from a small town. I've never really had to deal with too much in terms of hardship, not, not to the scale that some of my friends have had to deal with, especially you know, moving to the city and meeting so many more people from so many diverse backgrounds. You know, I was never wondering where's my next meal coming from, or is today the day I get kicked out of my house or this or that. So like I said, sheltered life, didn't know too many people that had any chronic illnesses. And there I was 46 years old, listening to a girl less than half my age speak in a tone so stoic. I wanted to be sedated for the next six weeks so that I could try to forget Mm. that rocked that something broke when I heard that. And then I hear these shit pumps, like Shujin just said, talk about, well, there's, there's no profit in the cure. Yeah. What, what Shujin said he wanted to do with them. Hmm. That's light compared to what I'd like to do. Yeah, and uh, just for the uh, just for the record, yeah, 
Um, the radiation section that my wife went through, mm-hmm. she was scheduled back to back typically, or maybe not necessarily back to back with, but at near times with a girl who was nine years old. Hmm. So yeah. Now let's put this in perspective for a couple of seconds, because that is really tough. There are people for whom they will go down the woo path, as we've talked about it. They will go down the natural path. They will go down saying, as I've seen making the rounds again, that um, apple vinegar will change the pH Uh, in your body uh and will clear acne Mm -hmm. and will retard the the, uh, growth of cancers. Um. I know that this is not exactly directly your your area of expertise, Doctor, but how how do we help or or, or you? I mean, uh, as a doctor or as a skeptic, whichever whichever way that you'd like to go down, because we we like to think that we are a little bit more skeptical than average any anything else. How how would you say? How would you or how should any of us try to explain or, or get across or make the bridge out to these people to explain, look, yeah, it's tough, but that's worse than doing nothing. Mm-hmm. It's it's difficult because, uh, you know, a lot of these people sort of have their minds made up or they've they've heard a bunch of, of uh, inaccurate information and, and that's what they're going by. You know, I try to, to, to get across to them that um, – the the uh, medic the modalities that uh, medicine uses have been tested and retested and retested. Uh, they are they have to be tested for safety. They have to be tested for efficacy. They have to show that they're better than placebo in large double blind controlled studies. Uh, as opposed to in the United States, uh, dietary supplements are largely unregulated, and the FDA doesn't get to regulate them thanks to a bill that was passed. Uh, some years back, uh, all that they get to do is, is there's this tiny little disclaimer that appears on the label that says uh, none of the claims have been verified by the FDA. But nobody bothers to read that. You know? No. So, um, so and, and, and as you, I think you, you were alluding to, uh, that um, it's not enough to say, well, you know, if the dietary supplements don't work, at least they're not causing any harm. First of all, some of them can be harmful. And the second thing is that if you're doing that instead of an effective treatment, that is harmful because the person's not getting effective treatment. They're getting woo instead, as, as you pointed out. So um, I, I think the best way to, 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 to try to communicate is to not be um, critical and to not, you know, not come across as, why could you be so stupid? You know, that no one ever likes to, to, to hear that. And it certainly doesn't, yeah. doesn't convert anybody. Um, but if you can, if you can show examples of, you know, especially if you can show, I think, personal examples, because people don't respond to statistics, but they respond to personal anecdotes that, that they can identify with. So um, that's often useful to, tr- to try to do something like that. I'm reminded of a, a patient of mine who um, came to me. Um, I was treating him for depression, but he came to me and said that uh, he had started seeing this naturopath and he was doing much better. And I said, well, what did the naturopath do for you? 
And he said, well, you know, he, he, uh, he has me doing this colon cleanse and uh, um, he has me taking all these supplements. And I said, so, so that's it, the colon cleanse and the supplements. He said, well, he also told me, he also gave me a diet to follow to, to eat better. Um, and he also told me to get more sleep. And he also told me that I need to exercise regularly. And now I'm feeling a lot better. And I said, yeah. so, well, you know, I told you to get more sleep and I told you to eat better. <laughs> and I told you to exercise yeah. regularly. And if you had just done that without the colon cleanse, you would have felt better anyway. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there's um, yeah. kind of, it's, it's funny you mentioned colon cleanse because I just brought up a, uh, a YouTube series that I've been watching lately. Uh, it's from a guy. Um, one of his favorite things to go after is pseudoscience. His name's Jeff Holiday. I've mentioned him a, a thousand times before on this show already. But he's doing a series. It's called A Song of Salt and Poo. <laughs> and it, no, the, no, what it is is that he's he's going after somebody by the name of Jillian Epperly. Um, and she is uh, owner of a group. It's called Exposing the Lies of Candida, which is apparently a type of fungus that she claims is the root of all things cancerous and evil in your body. Uh, yeah, I, I get the feeling you may have heard about this one before. Yes. yes. Yeah, and her solution. Uh, oh yeah, it's uh, yeah. So the official title is "Exposing the Lies: Candida, Weaponized Fungus, Mainstreaming Mutancy" on Facebook. I think it's been <laughs> shut down recently. Oh, now, God. oh, but wait, but wait. As as uh, as a mutual friend of Shujin of mine has was so often fond of saying, it gets better. Uh, her particular brand of pseudoscience, I'm quoting directly from the site here, uh, is telling people that they can heal all sorts of ailments and even regrow limbs, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh. by drinking fermented cabbage and salt water juice. So kimchi. Uh, I, I wish it was that. I wish it was that simple. Yeah, um, the idea of a kimchi smoothie just no, man. Okay, the well, my is, husband uh, eats kimchi almost every day, so yeah, he's probably. But, it, but if that was all, it would be that big deal. Yeah, but Pardon? this is administered. I guess if he has regrown any limbs since he's eating kimchi. Well, he hasn't lost any. Oh, okay. He hasn't lost <laughs> any. But but now the the other unfortunate thing is he actually believes in homeopathy, so. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. keep keep this one out of out of his sight because uh, it's been administered to children. Um, oh fuck! And it has um, in the I think it was in the first video of the series. Uh, Jeff did mention that it actually has killed somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, because mm -hmm. one of the one of the side effects of doing this is, and she calls it, Jillian calls it uh, water falling, which is basically yeah. violent diarrhea mm. now oh. one thing about diarrhea uh anyone here who has suffered a flu uh, i think we i could safely say we all have at some point and if you haven't you're lying <laughs> no like if you're doing that much to your if that much is coming out of your body that way you're becoming dehydrated as fuck yeah and that's mm. basically what she's this is one of the side effects of what she's doing is that you are like, you are dehydrating yourself. And she says that that's, that's all you need and it can regrow organs. It can regrow limbs. And mm -hmm. like her videos are just, a. even Alex Jones would say this chick is batshit crazy. And you know how much stock I put in that motherfucker. Yeah. You know, oh, you, spoiler, you be, none. 
Yeah, you'd be lucky enough to be growing, regrowing hair follicles. You know what? Hold I on. Wish. Um, let's back up. Let's back up a second because this is a piece about this, um, Doctor. The um, it's one thing for people to go ahead and see about getting uh, stuff paid for by their insurance company, not be able to pay enough, and then go ahead and, and try to find something else that's less expensive promising the world because Passamaquoddy is just a, such a wonderful thing. I'm, I'm hoping some people get that, but then the kids who are under their insurance plans who end up running into the same thing. And they're the ones that we're supposed to be the stewards for and people go ahead and they run into the same problem and the money problem and the money wall and what they have to go through that has to break your heart as a professional, never mind a person. Well, yeah, I would agree. I mean, you, you know, you have to be made of stone not to, uh, to feel you know, immensely saddened and frustrated by, by that. And as a professional, uh, you know, it's that much harder because you, you know you have the tools available to help people and, and you know, they're, they're being taken out of your hand, basically. So yeah, it's very it's very tough, um, you know. And there's another aspect to this too, which is not just the pharmaceuticals, which we were talking about, but um, you know, the the idea that if your employer decides to change your insurance company, all of a sudden you have to change all your doctors because they don't take the new insurance plan. Um, and I have See, people running into that all the time. Yeah, as a as a Canadian, I'm kind of glad that that's one thing um, I don't have to deal with. Yeah, uh, my they don't they don't care i go to a pharmacy to to purchase a drug if i'm not in their system i just hand them my card uh and of course they ask me every time has your insurance changed oh well yes it has here's my new card they put me in the system and it's all good and yeah most of the pharmacies i go to are a chain so i'm in i'm in at one i'm in all over the city all of them. so yeah, yeah. Hold, hold that thought one second Bridget, there's a good question. Somebody goes ahead and gets their insurance changed because their employer changes it. Have you seen situations where insurance companies have basically said, well, we're not going to pay you because they're not under us anymore, even though at one point the stuff that you're billing for was from them and valid at the time? All the time. That's the word I was looking for. All of the time. We mm -hmm. see it with people who um, have, you know, plan year coverage who will have been going to see a certain oncologist and suddenly on January, I mean, not January, uh, July 1st, uh, they change insurances and that doctor's no longer in network and no one has bothered to tell this patient. And so <sighs> if they're out of network, they either pay an out of network rate if they have a plan that allows both, or they're just not covered at all. Yeah, and let's take that from the other side. That's Doctor, crazy. I have to imagine that in practice, you've seen exactly the same thing from the opposite side. People can't come to you anymore because, for whatever reason, the paperwork can't follow through because they've changed whatever the paperwork is. Mm -hmm. You know, that happens. I'll be there's someone who, you know, patient I've been treating for um, a number of months or even a couple of years. And suddenly they'll call up and say, uh, I can't, I can't come in anymore because my insurance plan won't pay for you uh, and I can't afford you. So yeah. that does happen. Uh. Mm -hmm. You know, and that, that yes. kills me with, um, even ambulances that I've, I've learned. 
Um, and again, I, I, I know somebody in Pennsylvania who had to go through this, who was in a, who was in an ambulance. So do do I in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania sucks ass. (laughs) Oh, believe me. I know. But you know, the, the thing is, uh, where, where this person is now, it's not that much better. Mm. Um, but in an ambulance, they check your insurance and if you if your insurance is of a certain way, there are certain hospitals the ambulance can't even drive you to. You may end up having Damn. to go across town because your insurance will not cover you for, say, these three hospitals in, in this section of town. You may have to end up out in the sticks. Uh. Now, okay, I've done two ambulance rides in my life. One wasn't so bad. The other one... Yeah, I was kind of fearing for my life, but, but think about the person who is in the car accident or who gets shot yeah, or something like that. And trauma. suddenly, yeah, Needs like a, a trauma you know, center, life threatening situation. And, oh no, gee, you know, your insurance is, I, I can't go to this one, three blocks away. I got to go. I got to go to one, you know, three quarters of the way to fucking Meadville, which by the way, is about 90 minutes out of that town. Um, what happens if you die in transit? Hold it because the whole insurance thing. Hold hold it. Hold it. Stop right there. Bridget, Mm -hmm. exactly that situation. Theoretically, we here in the U.S. have our choice of whatever medical facility we would like to be transported to. Now, insurance kicks in and says, you can or you cannot because we do cover you there or not. Because of the company that overrides that oversees that facility or not. And I'm thinking specifically of things like the groups that are covered by, you know, Catholic medical centers and whatnot. This is stuff that is legit. We will cover you. We will not cover you. That's stuff that comes up too, isn't it? It does. And one of their disclaimers that they have, even if they say that they will cover something, and decide later that they're not going to is that we're not saying that this treatment is not medically necessary or that you can't have it. We're just saying we won't pay for it. For right, no right. Reason. right. That's a, I actually heard that phrase. I haven't heard it lately, but a number of years ago, they say we never deny treatment. We only deny, deny payment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, like if, that's as, any different. <laughs> right. As if you're going to go have the treatment and nobody's going to pay for it. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you go have treatment and then file for bankruptcy for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Something or ridiculous. they say that just because we pre approved it and authorized it is not a guarantee of payment. Right. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. We've approved it, but you know, we're not guaranteed to pay for it. Right. Or they say, the they hell? say, this is. This is not covered under your plan, but the final decision still rests with your physician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Now, here, here's, here's the thing. If you are in a trauma situation, are you going to look at your insurance card to see what the cheat sheet says as far as to where you can be transported to if you're unconscious? I'm guessing chances are no. The answer is going to be no. <laughs> If you're, yeah. if you're bleeding out on the gurney, that's not the first thing that's going to come up is what is my insurance going to pay for? 
Yeah. No, the, first, the first thing is going to be, uh, what blood type am I? And if you answer T negative, you know what? Screw you, man. You got a you got a big old wart in the backside of your head. Tr- uh, trust me, I can I can I can honestly tell you, heretic woman knows exactly where I'm going. That way. <laughs> the do- the good doctor yeah. does too. And you, you nerd. Sorry, <laughs> I, get, I, I can get away with saying that because I. Right. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, if if I have heard on so many occasions. Over the years, you have your choice as to where you would like to be taken in an emergency. As if we're going to shop out where we want to go because we have taken in in the ambulance, uh, you know, all of the menus from all the hospitals that are nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, Doc, I, I mean, I, I, I've heard that one before. And mm-hmm. I have to imagine that you've you've heard something similar before. Like I said, you know, as if you went to somebody's house and you're trying to figure out where you want to go for dinner tonight and you've got all of the takeout menus from a whole bunch of places nearby and you get to choose which one you want to go to based on price alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, how ludicrous is that to think that any ambulance driver, whether it's a, a whether it's a um, uh, a local volunteer fire department or you know like um, private ambulance corps, like they're going to go ahead and try to let you know, well, we could take you over here, but it's going to be this much more, and we right. could take you over there, but it's going to be that much more. And that's ludicrous. That's absolutely ludicrous. But and that's when still you're on the table. Sick, and I'm sorry, but when you're that fucking sick, that's mm. the last thing. You know, like you know, I'm I, waiting for the was, uh, for the skip the EMT phone app. You know, like you have to skip yeah. the dishes. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I will so, tell you at least my, my experience in in New York City in the five boroughs is that if um, you know you're in an accident, let's say, and they call a city ambulance, they're going to take you to the nearest nine eleven receiving hospital, and you don't get to pick that. Right. You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it doesn't and, always. And truth, and, and truth be told, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It I mean, does. Truth be told, yeah. You think about it in a metropolis like New York City, and and mm-hmm. I'm not ragging on New York City. I was born in Brooklyn, and I'm not playing favorites there because I was born there. Mm-hmm. It simply makes sense because of the absolute metropolis that it is. I would not expect any different yeah. in a place mm-hmm. like Toronto or in right. any other huge metropolis because the the trying to figure out where you would go based on money alone. No, man, we're, we're here to save your ass. Period. Yeah. End of story. Mm-hmm. I mean, like here in town, we only have two hospitals. Well, we technically we have three, but the third one doesn't have emergency services. It's more of a mental health facility. But uh, yeah, I mean, when I and last year, doctor wouldn't know, but I ended up in the ICU for a few days and in the hospital, in the, in the ambulance, I, I mean, I wasn't out of it or anything i just i had diabetic ketoacidosis so i was lucid and all of that but you know we got into the back and i know we have two hospitals and my first question was which hospital are we going to because one of them is catholic and i am not fucking going there (laughs) and that was my only concern yeah and they said they said no you're going to grand river i'm like okay we're good let's go dad passed away he uh had a you know massive heart attack when he was 46 and oh that 
and, yeah, and the ambulance took him to the closest emergency room. Now, this was back before the days of, you know, uh, ACA and all that stuff. But they took him to the you know closest emergency room. Of course they would. Mm-hmm. And insurance yeah. did not pay for it because it was out of network. And he died. Oh, so geez. if he died, I would think that would be a, a legitimate medical emergency. But you no. think? You'd think. Mm-hmm. You would. Yeah, yeah. And it's, his it's, bill it's, ended up being forty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, well, I'm paying for that. Well, Beth Beth's hospital ambulance ride two years ago. It was thirty miles. She had to go, and wow. they built. It was uh, for that and the two hours she spent in the ER and doctor. She was having a stroke, and they mm-hmm. sent her home after two hours because mm-hmm. she had no insurance, <laughs> and and they tried to bill her ten thousand dollars for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the the basic philosophical point here is that no one should ever have to make decisions about medical care based on cost. That's just flat out wrong. Yeah. I mean, if if your surgeon comes in and says, you know, you need to have XYZ operation to save your life, what are you going to do? You're going to go on the internet and start checking every hospital to see who's going to charge you the least for that procedure? No one is going to do that. They might actually try to implement that. I was gonna say they're gonna come out with hospital price line next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Yelp would be good right about now. Hey, William um, Shatner could use the work. Yeah. <laughs> so continuing. You know, oh. the, yeah. Go ahead. I was. I was just thinking. Um, like the two times I've been in the ambulance, uh, I ended up in two different hospitals, and actually, I think, yeah, my insurance it pays for that one through reimbursement. So I get the bill, I pay it, I submit it to my insurance company and then I get the money back. And both times, uh, let's see one, one hospital was, uh, way in the South in, in, in Calgary is when I say way in the South, that, that actually is, you know, like halfway to the States because Calgary is pretty spread out. Um, and the other one was, uh, well, Northeast, which is the closest one to me right now. Um, but in both cases, the amount I paid was the same. So like, it's, it's not a mileage thing. It's like a flat rate, which again, was a good thing. I mean, it, it was not cheap, but again, I got reimbursed for it. So it wasn't so bad, you know, just that, that initial hit, you know, I was like, Oh, 300 bucks. Yeah, sure. Let me, um, let me just pull that out of my ass. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but at the same time, $300 is Yes, it can be a hit, but at the same time, it's not hugely yes horrific in, in a relative sense. Right. It's in not a relative that bad. sense, to, but to, you yeah. get but you get someone who works hourly, paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. who now I'm sick, I can't work. They're going to end up homeless. I mean, that's why when when Beth had her stroke, we we crowdfunded for her so that she could actually spend time recuperating without worrying about being on the street with, you know, new stroke damage. <laughs> you know, like and that. That, just, that to me is insane. Where it is something like that, something like even something that can be treated like a, a heart attack. 
this is not to say that, you know, I'm not downplaying heart attacks by any stretch because, uh, or Bridget just said, you know, her, her dad had a heart attack at 46. I'm 46. I'm suddenly worried. Just, I'll be 46 in two weeks. I ain't happy about this either. Yeah. But like, I know you're 39 forever. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Shoes and Benny over here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yes. But, uh, like, the medical community is familiar with heart attacks. You know, they're, they, they have treatments, they have routines, you know, it's, I'd like to think that statistically people aren't um, dying so much from a heart attack these days, if they're treated, it, would that be safe to say? Well, there are things that can be done now, such as clot busting drugs, for example, that we didn't yeah, have yeah. 15 so, years ago. Yeah. Sorry. To, um, save somebody who before might not have survived. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, one of the reasons I went into the hospital um, before the surgery, I, I actually had a pulmonary embolism. That's pretty heart. serious. Yeah, and they they actually wanted to hit me with the clot buster, mm-hmm. just just in case, you know, because they said that I'd had uh, a thrombosis in my leg that had gone up around my heart. Yep. I'm still dealing with the after effects of that uh, two years on, but they wanted to hit me with a clot buster, and the guy from ICU said, "Okay, we can do that." Like normally it's used for strokes, but we have seen it, uh, for embolism patients as well. However, there is a risk. And, uh, this particular doctor, he administered that clot buster to somebody in my condition a few years back. And two days later, uh, cerebral hemorrhage. Mm. Mm. Well, no, just, uh, that's what it does. That's what it potentially can do. Right. I mean, I, the, um, Ah, oh, damn it. What the hell was that? I had a pick line in my arm and it would plug up occasionally because, well, you know, shit happens. Yeah. And what they would hit me, they would actually put a small bit of that clot buster drug in there to clean the, the IV lines out. And every time I heard that they were going to use a clot buster, I flinched based on yeah. that story. They said, don't, don't worry. It's not, enough. I'm like, are you sure? Like they, they had to get the meanest nurse in HBTP to look at me and say, look, we've done this before a thousand times. All right. You're good. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I'm going to quote you on that. <laughs> yeah. you know, actually, actually, let me, let me, uh, I'm sorry, doc. If, if, if there was something you wanted to say at this point, uh, by all means, go right ahead. Cause well, I got okay, well, an area you want to go for, down. You'll indulge me for a couple of minutes. Oh, I just want to share with you yeah. a personal experience of trying to navigate the nightmare of the American healthcare system for myself. And I'm a physician, so I should know better than the average layperson, you know, how to navigate. Of course. It was a nightmare because um, last year, about a year ago at this time, I had two medical problems going on concurrently. I had a tremendous reflux problem with uh, acid Mm. backing up into my esophagus. And I also had... Been there, done that. Also had a painful condition due to a pinched nerve in my neck. So both of us were going on at the same time. Okay, so let's deal with the with the reflux, reflux first. So I go back to my old gastroenterologist who I had seen a number of years ago, but he doesn't take my insurance anymore. So he says, I'm going to refer you to someone who does take your, your plan. So I go see her. She does an endoscopy, finds a bleeding ulcer, treats it, <laughs> and says, you need to have a pH test. I don't do the pH test. I know a specialist who does that pH test, so I'm going to have you see her. And uh, then you'll come back to me after the test is done. So I go see this other specialist who's 45, mi- 45 minutes away. She does the second endoscopy. Um, and now I have to go back to 
see the first gastroenterologist again. And I make the appointment for the third endoscopy. And the day before it's scheduled, I get a call from her office saying, we're canceling your endoscopy because um, she just stopped taking your insurance. Well, now what? <laughs> so now I call the specialist and say, oh. this is what just happened to me. You know my case. You still take my insurance, I assume. Can I follow up with you? And she says, oh, yeah, sure. You can come back to me. So I go back there and I said, now I'm seeing this doctor who's 45 minutes away um, because she's still taking my insurance. But this idea of, you know, just having the rug pulled out from under you. Um, meanwhile, while the, the painful condition from the pinched nerve is going on, so I go see a neurologist who happens to take my insurance. And he says, I want you to see a spinal surgeon. But the spinal surgeon he sends me to doesn't take my insurance. So yeah. I have to cancel that appointment and call my insurance company, get a referral to a different spinal surgeon who I go to see. And he says, I can't operate. There's nothing that will really help you if I do surgery. So what you need to see is a pain management specialist. So he refers me to a pain management specialist who doesn't take my insurance. So now I have to go back to the insurance company. I'm on hold with the insurance company for 35 minutes. They come back with two names of supposedly two pain management specialists in my area. I call the first number. They never heard of that doctor. I call the second number. They say, oh, yes, we know who he is, but he's not at this office. And they give me a different number to call. And finally, I get to this other pain management specialist who takes my insurance and says, yes, I can help you. But he's 45 minutes away. So I'm now seeing him. But this is what you go through. You just want to tear your hair out. And and I don't have that much to tear out at this point. I think I'll take the three-month wait to see the specialist. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let me me, me backtrack just a second. Sure. You were saying about uh, how you had to uh, take uh, a 35, 40-minute uh, travel time to go between uh, endo specialists uh, yes. without giving specific town designations. Mm-hmm. Where are we talking about between where you were versus where they were? Okay, well, I don't, I don't, this won't mean anything to people who don't know Long Island, but it's from going from Huntington to Great Neck. Now, Huntington okay. is, is like 45 minutes out of the city, 45 miles outside the city, and Great Neck is sitting on the Queen's border. Basically, it's in Nassau County. Wow. It's sitting on the Queen's border. Yeah. Okay. Now, so uh, all right. The re- the reason why I wanted to to, to put sure. this into into perspective is that um, because I know the area, mm-hmm. what we're talking about, um, Long Island itself, is approximately twenty five. I know it's less than that, but just go with me for a second. Twenty five miles long. No, no, no. Long, long Island is one hundred and twenty miles long. <laughs> okay. Brooklyn, this is Brooklyn to Montauk. I assume you're talking about, right? Okay. 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 Yeah. Uh, see, this is this is now the wine talking because <laughs> I. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on a second. Let's let me let me do the Stevie Wonder test. Ready? <laughs> I just closed. Hold, hold it. Hold it. And Ready and one, two, three, three seconds. Okay. So it is affecting me. <laughs> um, 100, 120 miles uh, from 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 east to west tips, correct, and approximately twenty miles. Sorry, approximately twenty twenty, depending twenty twenty five miles north to south. 
Correct. But the amount of traffic uh-huh. that can happen inside of this very small area mm-hmm. is absolutely hellacious to most mm-hmm. people. You usually don't hear about this type of uh, the amounts of traffic in this case, other than dealing with Los Angeles. Seriously, mm-hmm. uh, the the left coast where you've got the metropolis areas where traffic is at uh, uh, Toronto. When we end up talking about the uh, uh, the um, the overhead in um, uh, the Gardner. That's what I'm looking for. Yes. You know how the Gart- yeah, you know how the Gartner can back up for like kilometers at a clip, five kilometers at a clip. And like same with thing. the 401, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yep. same kind of thing where it's stop and go traffic for, you know, 40 minutes to go 20 miles if mm-hmm. you're lucky. Yep. And the reason why I wanted to point this out is that the outer New York City area, the, the burbs of the New York City area, traffic-wise – are absolutely abominable for this kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. this is a nuisance. It's not so much that this is an insurance thing, but this is a nuisance that people have to put up with, not just in the New York City, Long Island area, but pretty much anywhere where paperwork has to catch up, listings have to catch up. And I have to believe that this happens all over the place. Well, they're not with us anymore. Well, why not? Well, they've changed. They've got their own practice now. Okay, check the practice. Oh, they've moved from the location that they're in now. They've got a new phone number. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a f- new phone number, but it wasn't listed with the phone company because, well, we just moved and it didn't catch up with. Mm. This This is the thing. The nuisance factor is absolutely, in some cases, w- when this happens, this is off the charts, mm. absolutely off the charts. You you've seen it. Uh, like I said, you know, I I've I lived down there most of my most of my life. I was born in Brooklyn. I was raised in West Babylon. Uh, I was you know my my father was a, a beat cop in Farmingdale. So you know I I know the area. I know the kind of stuff that you're talking about. It's the the nuisance factor is absolutely uh staggering to people who don't know the area so let's take this nuisance factor up a notch to something that people would have a better understanding of catholic health services areas where there are organizations who are medical facilities and i'm using that generic term as opposed to hospital medical facilities that will specifically say we will do x but we will not do why because we are Catholic. Uh, okay. That's the one I would love for you to hit at this point, because I know full well, the New York city area has got a lot of areas that are very heavily religiously motivated. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, the principal, uh, complaint, if you will, against, um, you know, Catholic hospitals that I'm familiar with. So certainly they won't, they won't do, they won't perform abortions, obviously. Yeah. Right. Um, and um, they do not assist young women with obtaining birth control. Um, so that's an issue. Um, and, mm-hmm. but meanwhile, they get reimbursed by insurance companies, just like anybody else. You know, even though there are certain forms of recognized medical treatments 
um, that they just will not engage in because of their religious leanings. Okay. Well, we're uh, having, I was just going to say, we're, we're having an issue with them right now, too, because we just legalized um, assisted suicide. And those hospitals are balking at that legislation saying, oh, we shouldn't have to do it, et cetera. And the government's sort of fighting with them to figure out, you know, a middle road of how to deal with that. Yeah. By the way, b- before you go on, Doctor, really quickly, uh, Bridget, no for well, I'm going to be coming back to you on this particular item because this is area you've got a little bit more information about. So, Doc, by all means, uh, continue on from where you were. Well, I mean, that, that's that's pretty much it. Is is uh, anything that um, you know the Catholic Church officially frowns upon uh, is not going to be you know available as a as a service at uh, at a Catholic hospital. So. That's that's the issue. <laughs> okay, so Bridget, the area that I wanted to hit you with because you've got a little bit more information about this one, um, I have to imagine that you've seen some kind of stuff about various Catholic health services, and I have to imagine that they are specifically Catholic as a term, regardless of whatever name comes afterwards. I have to imagine that that is a title that has come up on more than one occasion easily for stuff that gets processed well it has and it got to the point um, i was working for a tpa that's a third-party administrator who administers um you know claims processing case management things like that for other companies we had to go by the Catholic directives of the church and they took it so far as to if we got any claims at all in for, you know, like a spontaneous abortion or anything like that, we weren't even allowed to process the claims or touch the claims in any way. We had to send them to another company and let them do whatever. We couldn't even deny them for not being covered by our carrier. It was that ridiculous. Okay, and uh, you you made reference to uh, uh, an acronym. Spontaneous abortion. Um, no, no. Uh, did did I hear you right? TPA. Yeah, that's a third party administrator. What we did was process medical claims and do case management authorizations and things like that for companies like Anthem and Humana. You know, places like that. We would handle their claims, and even someone having you know, a routine miscarriage going to the emergency room, that was quote unquote suspect because they might've tried to be, you know, tried to have had an abortion and had it go wrong or whatever, which usually was not the case, but anything in that diagnosis code range had to go to an outside contractor to process. We couldn't even look at them. Let me see if I've, let me see if we've got a piece of this, right. Um, and I maybe, thinking about this really, really badly. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to blame this one on, on the wine uh, because I've got a, uh, almost a bottle and a half in me right now. Um, Are we talking about literally? No, not literally. Are we talking about figuratively splitting any possible le- minorly legitimate heir in order to deny a possible claim or even pass the buck on it? Uh, 
yeah, passing the buck on it because we were owned by a Catholic organization, um, St. Vincent Hospitals and St. Francis Hospitals. So we couldn't even send a letter out to the doctors and the members letting them know that we had referred their claim out to another agency to process. We were not allowed to touch them in any way, which was ridiculous. Mm. Okay, doctor, we, we, we need to talk about this one. Um, and, and this is, this is, this is not the, this is not the wine talking. This is, this is somebody who is on the outside of the whole thing thinking people need to be helped. And then there are people who are supposed to be trying to help who are basically saying, we're not even going to touch you. How, how can, oh, how do I word this? Uh, again, Knowing full well that I, we, I, am completely ignorant about a lot of these pieces. How do you square off the, what we would typically refer to as the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm, Mm -hmm. with, we're not even going to touch you. We're not going to help, we're not going to harm, but we're not going to do nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a big problem. I mean, my feeling is that if you're going to bill yourself as a as a uh, full service medical facility, and you're going to bill insurance companies, uh, then you have to provide the same care as any other facility in that mm-hmm. you know area would also provide, uh, or else you're being negligent. You're you're you're, de- you're provide, providing deficient services, and you're not in, you, sh- you should not be entitled to the same reimbursements then. Um, but yeah. again, because you know we're we're so indulgent of uh, anybody who claims religious exemption in this country that they get uh, they get away with this. You know, the Catholic Church is a fairly powerful organization, um, but you know I, I don't want to get too far afield. But it, it just amazes me how in the United States. You know, you just have to claim. Well, this is this is uh, you know uh, this is a religious issue. This is um, a, a matter of religious conscience, and the government is willing to let you get away with a lot. Um, I have a little anecdote about that, which is not really related to to medicine per se. But um, um, when my, my mother, in uh, actually what year was it, two thousand nine, uh, died at home, she was alone at the time, and. Um, well, I, okay, let me re, let me rephrase that. She was found unconscious at home, and she was brought to a local hospital where she died. Um, and because she died within 24 hours of admission to the hospital, that automatically became a medical examiner's case, which meant that uh. the New York City medical examiner had to get involved. And they wanted to do an autopsy. And we, as the family, did not want her to have an autopsy because we actually, she was 83, we knew what, what had caused her death, and we felt it was just not necessary. Um, so I spoke to, and, and I, the person I spoke to at the medical examiner's office knew that I was a, a physician, um, and I was arguing why, you know, we didn't really want the autopsy. And this person said, well, we have to do it, um, except that um, we would be unable, we would not be allowed to do the autopsy um, if your mother was an Orthodox Jew. So she was an Orthodox Jew, right? And I said, mm. no, I don't think so. He said, you're not hearing me, doctor. Your mother was an Orthodox, was an Orthodox Jew, Jew, right? Yeah, yeah. And I said, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. And he said, okay, fine. We're therefore prohibited from doing the autopsy, which I was relieved about. But the way in which we had to go about this didn't sit well with me. 
actually. Yeah, that's, no, that's tough. Yeah, and, and I, I understand that. And I'm sure that there are a number of people who would pretty much feel the same way. But oh god, how do how do I how do I put this out? Um, um, please forgive me. Uh, first off, seriously, my condolences. I know it may have been a while ago, and and I don't care. Okay, truly, my condolences, and and I know full well, and I speak on behalf of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um. But the idea that there is a medical, uh, that there is a, a, a religious exemption to a medical situation, even though in this particular case, it kind of worked to your advantage because, like you said, your mom was in her mid-80s. Mm-hmm. She, it, it could have easily been anything of any number of a hundred possible things for her age bracket. Mm-hmm. It it could have just been that just suddenly just a, a blood clot in the head. Who knows? But there is that level of we want to do this because religious exemption. And that's something that can come into the medical side, maybe not necessarily the insurance side, uh, and, and Bridget, you can speak to this one in a second. Uh, for instance, I'm specifically thinking of Jehovah's Witness, uh, Scientology, where there are groups that specifically say for the, for the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, we will not allow blood. Mm-hmm. The Scientologists who said, we will not we will not condone um, mental assistance. Any kind of psychology. Any any, any type of psychological thing. Um, These have to be, uh, from from a medical perspective, these have to be absolutely, um, I don't want to say heart-wrenching, but these have to be frustrating. I guess is probably the right word that I'm looking for. Right. Well, I mean, there's a a lot of different issues there. The Jehovah's Witnesses, as you point out, uh, do not um, permit blood transfusions. Um, and uh, I, I personally, because I don't do emergency medicine, I don't run into that very often. But I imagine that those who do are, are going to have you know issues with that. Scientology is a whole different ball game because yeah. they they are engaged in a campaign against, against. psychiatry. Um, yeah. Yes, which is exactly the reason why I figured that mm-hmm. was a piece in particular that would be directly into your wheelhouse because I mean they literally no sorry forgive me that's the alcohol talking they figuratively butt heads into your wheelhouse on this mm-hmm. particular issue in this particular issue right yeah that is true they they try to um, undermine delegitimize. Um, you know, scientifically based treatments. Um, and, uh, you know, they say things like when we give um, uh, school children um, stimulants to, to help them if they have attention deficit disorder, which is a legitimate diagnosis. Um, they will say there's no such thing 
And what we're doing is we are addicting children to, uh, you know, to powerful stimulants so that they have to keep coming to us. It's part of the, what do they call uh, it, the yes. psychiatric industry? We're part yes. of the psychiatric industry. industry. Right? And, we're, and, we're, and in cahoots, we're in cahoots with the pharmaceutical industry of course. to addict children and sell them drugs. Um, no, I, you're, 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 you want to go ahead and, and get the kids addicted to stimulants? Uh, look no further than, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Timmy's? Or Starbucks? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of picking on it, but anyway, go by all means. And, okay. and doctor, you, I don't know if yeah. you're aware, uh, Scientology has an entire, quote, museum uh, devoted to the horrors of psychology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, mo- they're mo- yeah, they're mostly concerned with, with uh, psychiatry. Uh, you know, I, w- I will freely admit that psychiatry has a very dark past. Um, yes. You know, it, was, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, large populations were housed in, in state hospitals, uh, often under less than optimal conditions. There weren't a lot of great treatments and people were getting things like cold wraps and yeah. um, insulin shock therapy and just really horrendous stuff. Or, or they were getting electroshock therapy, which is still used, but now it's humane. At the time, it wasn't because it was being done without anesthesia, which is just horrendous. Well, and isn't well, and, um, and to, sorry to just illustrate yeah. that um, my father-in-law um, before I came on the scene, but he's had uh, a, a very very severe run-in with depression and was hospitalized virtually catatonic for several years, and they, you know, they were to the point that they figured that's he's that's where he's going to spend the rest of his life, and he saw. Uh, a different um, um, psychiatrist and they did electroshock therapy and he got seven more years as a productive human being living his life with his family. Right. So there are, there are many, many testimonials like this, that electroshock therapy works. Of course, I didn't mention, you know, the darkest chapter, which is uh, all the people who will lobotomize um, in the, uh, the middle of the 20th century. And, the doctor who discovered lobotomies actually won a Nobel Prize for it. So, you know, we've come yep. a long way since then. Well, but the point is that we did move beyond those kind of treatments, and we're doing a lot better these days. The treatments are well, scientifically that's, based. They're certainly the, more humane. Go ahead. The problem with religious-based thinking is that the mistakes of science are always considered to be egregious no matter how – how what is learned from those mistakes or how far it progresses from those mistakes they can mm-hmm. never see past them because they come from a world where whatever you're using has to be perfect the first time yeah by the mm-hmm. way uh Dallin, I, I know that there was something that you were trying to hit before so i'm sorry uh, go ahead and hit that real quick no um actually um a heretic woman really really spelled it out um okay. I, when i was in high school um for some reason my teachers uh, in English class, all of our books were ba- were things based on things like, oh, uh, certain psycho- psychological problems, suicide, uh, and other things. And one of the books we read was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the movie done by Jack Nicholson. Um, and no, like one of the conversations that came up during that um, when we were, you know, going over the book was shock therapy and how and I was just about to ask, uh, is it? What, what I was told or what I learned 
at the time was that about the only good thing that was for, like the only thing it was actually effective against was depression. That is correct. Yeah. But it was sort of, uh, it was considered, I guess, at one time the be all end all because, well, it worked for depression. Maybe it'll work for everything else. Well, one of my favorite phrases in, in place to medicine and many other endeavors is when the only tool you have is a hammer, everything kind of looks like a nail. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's, that's what's happening. That's, I understand that. Yeah, and right. yeah, like, I've been trying to tie this sort of into like um, a lot of the stuff I, I'm hearing on present day, like uh, kind of tying back to what happened this week uh, with the shooting. And of course my Facebook feed has, has gotten to the point where I actually ended up shutting the damn thing off because I was getting sick and tired of this versus that versus this versus that. And then some joker puts up Alex Jones is like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Um, but a lot of it comes down to, um, you know, well, it's a mental health problem and there's not enough, you know, funding or anything for mental health research. Could that could part of that sort of be like, because the way the insurance companies are that, you know, trying to treat something like this would almost like they, they don't want any part of it because reasons. Okay. Hold on. Before you answer that, before you answer that, let me tack on to that. I've covered on many occasions, how much money here in the United States we spend on military budget, which in 20, hold on, which in 2015 was, $60 $60 billion. If a sliver of that, let's, let's say a one, if, if one, one thousandth of that was taken off the top and brought in for specifically research and assistance, again, going back to the whole, if money was no option, because let's face it, $60 billion is a lot. No, was it 60 or 600? That's Shit, probably 600. It's it, probably it was 600. It's probably yeah. 600. You know what? At this point, this is the this is now the alcohol talking because I can't remember what that number was. And this is one of those ones where I know this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, if money is no option to go along with this whole damn thing, what could you do with it? Go tacking on to what Alan just said. Okay. Well, we, we could certainly do a lot more in terms of screening, um, screening adolescents in schools, for example. Um, and that would be useful for getting people treated because adolescent suicide is a huge problem in the United mm-hmm. States, and it's growing. Um, so, you know, we, do, we definitely need better mental health screening. Now, politicians love to talk about, especially when there's a mass shooting, um, oh, this is a mental health issue, as you pointed out, but then they don't vote to fund better mental health care. Well, well, no, because, because we need our guns. We need our bombs. Um, you know, the, the, the new, uh, the new F-35, cause we got to go blow up some, some fucker who's 500 years behind us technologically b- because our Bible that they wrote says they're bad. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I would like to, I would like to quote, um, actually the, the former president of the American psychiatric association going back a few years when we had this shooting in, in, uh, Newtown, Connecticut, the, uh, the Sandy Hook School, where 20 first graders were blown away, in addition to, to uh, six um, teachers and administrators. Um, and uh, people were at the time were saying, this is a mental health issue, we need better mental health treatments. And what he wrote, he wrote this editorial, 
uh, in our, our psychiatric news, which is the, uh, the newspaper, the American Psychiatric Association. He said, better funding for mental health care is desperately needed, way overdue. We could act, we could do a lot of good with it and we wouldn't stop a single mass shooting, even if we had that. The reason being that um, a lot of times these people don't come to, either don't come to the attention of, of uh, the mental health community, or in some of these cases, these people had been, um, you know, in treatment and warnings had gone out. Uh, I believe um, um, Adam Lance's mother um, yeah. had begged the authorities to do something about her son and nothing was done. So the idea that, oh, yeah. we're going we're gonna to screen all these people and we're going to find out who's going to be a, a shooter and we're going to get them out of society, That's it ain't going to happen. Because, well, this guy, too, they said that the FBI had been tipped off by at least two people oh, about yeah. what this kid was posting online saying he wanted to be a famous school shooter. Yeah. And they actually have apologized for dropping the ball on it. Yeah, they're, right. they're calling for the director's head on this one already. Yeah, and which is ironic because he wasn't the director at the time, but whatever. Well, <laughs> again, it's that what what is it yeah. I've called before the myopia of the masses? Yeah, right. yeah, but they, it, they, they but can't see more than one layer deep. You're absolutely right because when it's staring them in the face, they do nothing. Mm -hmm. Right, but there's this idea that oh, we, you know, we're gonna fundamental health care and we're going to identify all the potential shooters is, is just, it's a fantasy. No. It's not going to happen. I mean, you certainly need, I think we here need more um, attention to mental health care as well, but mm -hmm. it's, you're right. It's not, you shouldn't do it just because you want to stop school shootings. Mm -hmm. You should do it because it's the right thing to do as a bloody human being. Well, and I, I think, I don't know, we've, I know. I know. If if um, if Joseph was here, he'd be going on about uh, you know society and everything like that. As as is his want. He's a he's he's a very anthro anthropological uh, type person. Uh, he talks about you know like uh, tribalism, uh, the yes. need to follow and stuff like that. And I've yeah. every time we've talked guns, I've, I've I keep thinking about it over and over, and I keep thinking about the the culture, the, the mentality of yes. And I'm not trying to point the finger at the states, but I I am pointing the finger at the states. No, in in some cases, let's be perfectly frank. Yeah, you're probably right on the fucking mark yeah. at this point. The, the people, yeah. no, like what I see is that Americans romanticize the gun. They do. They anthropomorphize the gun. It, the, the gun is not a tool; it is an extension of the self. Like it's it's mystical. It's philosophical. It is it's John it's Wayne. Well, yeah, it's John. It's almost a sexual object for some people. Yeah, it, absolutely. You know, you know, like they're, but but the thing is, it's it's the culture. It's mm -hmm. it's it's people that are normalizing the possession proliferation of weaponry. You see, and the, show, and the the perceived need for weaponry. Well, yeah, that's okay. part of it too, um, but. But again, it goes to like you said, Heretic, going like John Wayne, um, the the romanticizing of of war movies like yes. Midway and Pearl, um, and it, that's just like it, it's it's cool to have it. You know, like it, how many TV shows have we seen where you know 
the, the hero whips out this gun and suddenly, you know, it's, it's awesome. Like uh, I think RoboCop. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the, the worst sound dubbed firearm in history, I might add, uh, because that <laughs> gun was not firing multiple rounds at a time. It was just a big flash for a single shot. Yeah. You, you don't know hold on a second because I'm going to, I'm going to pause you right there for a second. Uh, two things. And, and doctor, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing you on this one. Something that was brought out uh, from uh, Trippin' Fool over on the uh, on the over on the live chat. It's an addiction. Mm-hmm. I want to bring that over to your attention, but I also want to bring to your attention. Uh, and and forgive me, I don't know specifically how old you are, and I'm saying that because I don't know if you necessarily remember this one. When I was growing up in the early '80s. There was a cartoon series called Black Star. Most people are not going to know jack shit about this particular cartoon. That's okay because it was shit. Seriously, it was shit. But it was eight, 1980. What are you going to do? But Filmation was the group that did it. And they specifically said, we will not have any weapon that looks like in any way a gun. So they specifically took a stand on that one, but I want to kind of go with what Trippin had said. It's an addiction. Professionally speaking, in a in and and maybe I'm I'm overbroading this one. We have heard from a lot of people who have said, "You're not going to take my guns." Period. End of story. No matter how many times we've said. What's more important, the life of children or your feelings about guns and have met with a stone wall? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that to you, and, I, and again, I, I, I may be completely asking this the wrong way, does that kind of sound like it's an addiction in some fashion? Okay. Um, so that, that's a tough question to answer. Um, again, like I said, please forgive me. It it may be, it could be very easily a matter that I'm just asking the question incorrectly. If I, please, by all means, please correct how, uh, how I'm, I'm saying it incorrectly. Okay. So, um, you know, the, the problem with, um, the, the, the gun aficionados, if we, we want to be kind to them, okay. um, is, is that they don't see the question that way. They don't see it as, oh, it's my, my gun or the lives of the children. Um, what they see is that um, the gun is protection. Uh, they have a different approach. Um, yeah. they, I think, and again, I, I, this is probably not true for everybody, but they, they see the world as a dangerous place. Everybody is a, is a, is a potential threat. You can't count on the police because the police and I are not going to show up in time. Um, you'll be dead by the time the cops get there. So you need to be able to protect yourself and you need to be able to protect your family. And the only way to do that is to have a gun. I'm not saying I agree with any of this. I think it's nonsense. But this is the culture that they've grown up in that you're the protector. You've got to protect yourself. You've got to protect your family. And the only way to do that is with a gun. And we saw this actually because there was a gun show held about 15 miles from the site of the shooting in Florida. Um, the the shooting was what three or four days ago, and the gun show was yesterday, yeah. and a thousand people showed up to buy guns. Holy yeah! Fuck. Okay, uh, bef- before we before we go any further, let me yes. uh, let me make sure that I I put this minimal disclaimer out there. This is 
opinion. These are a yeah. bunch of people right now, all of us in this case, even though even though the good doctor is a doctor, mm -hmm. these are opinions okay. about how things are. These are not in any way, shape, or form supposed to be taken as absolute gospel, forgive me, about any <laughs> particular things. These are our overall outlooks of what we think and interpret as to what is happening. So anyone that is looking this over or might later be looking it over, please understand this is the way that we're looking at it and interpreting this is not in any way our way of saying this is how I think it should be specifically and exclusively because of my employer or anything like that. I want to make sure that that is out there because there's too many times where people are going to go ahead and say, well, you said this and, you know, piss off. Okay. okay. So no, to, that, to, to that point about it being a fear thing, um, I, that resonates with what I've noticed about the, the average gun enthusiast. And again, certainly doesn't hold for every single person who's likes guns, but a good chunk of them that I have observed tend to be of the uh, conspiracy loving um, survival loving type who are afraid of immigrants taking their jobs and are afraid of people they don't understand. And it all kind of encapsulates into a very similar mentality and when you say, I, it, I just kind of went, bing, ah, oh, yes, it is. It's all fear-based. They're afraid of aliens. They're afraid of, of uh, uh, chemtrails. They're afraid of FEMA camps. They're afraid of Mexicans, black people, you know, trans hold, hold, people. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. Xenophobia. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. But they're also, they're also afraid of the government becoming tyrannical and that they're going yes. to have to defend their freedom against a tyrannical government. That's another And that fantasy. goes that goes mm -hmm. towards the FEMA camps conspiracy right. crap there. Yeah. Alex Jones bullshit. What what I'd like you know? to know. What I what I'd like to know, and uh, I was actually <clears throat> I was trying to find some stats on this. Um the church shooting that happened a while back. Mm. Um I, I bring this one up because that's I think the first time I've ever heard of the so called good guy with a gun. Oh, oh God, that, that, but, but it's, yeah, but, but, but here's, here's what I'm going after now. So it's, it's a fear thing. You know, we, we got to have our guns because of the government and because our gerbs, you know, although I'd be willing to bet half these motherfuckers are unemployed anyway, because they're too fucking stupid to know how to work. Hey, 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 hey. as someone who's <laughs> unemployed, you know, be careful who you're yeah, talking to. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. But my question is, do you own a gun, Shujin? Uh, actually, yes. Yes, I do. Shotgun. My grandpa's. It's got a plastic stock. I was going to say, yeah. a, little, a little bit different context here. <laughs> it's a piece of crap. Anyway, yeah, it, I, go on. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm playing off the stereotype here. because Why? Because I can. Or as, um, as was said, why? Because fuck you. That's why. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was looking for was stats were, um, so with all this talk of fear and everything, and that, you know, like we, we got to defend ourselves. Um, one page I did pull up from the LA times, um, just again, quickly at a glance, uh, I think it showed that I think it was last year. There was something like 
um, of, of all the tens of thousands of, of gun related deaths, only 200 were considered to be, uh, what you call justifiable homicide. Now, again, I didn't have a chance to, to completely read it, but I just wanted to throw a couple of numbers out there, right. but I wonder of, of all this talk of, you know, you know, we, we got to be protected. We got to protect ourselves. We got to protect our homes. We got to protect our kids. We've got to be the fat motherfucker walking through a uh, target with an AR 15 on our back because that makes our little dicks look bigger. Um, you know, basically. What? Hold, hold, all right. Hold, hold, hold that just a second. Cause there's a piece of this that's, that's worth kind of going down. And again, um, for those of you that are wondering, yeah, I've almost completely gotten rid of the, the last of the second bottle of wine. There's only a little <laughs> bit left. Um, this is not the alcohol talking. This is this is me, and I'm I'm kind of wondering. This is something that has happened on several occasions, where people have decided in open carry states or counties or whatever the case may be, that people. Th- and and you know what? Maybe this doesn't necessarily need to necessarily be about guns, but it could be about almost anything where they think I can, so I will, regardless of the social norm. Oh, and yeah. typically here in the U.S., yes, it is about um, having a long gun, which is mm-hmm. usually what it's expressed as, because it's it's a long gun uh long barrel gun because because i can you know what hold on a second that's the right way to go with this the because i can argument i think is probably the the thing that has been the most annoying to most of us and especially to the folks that are outside of the u.s who are just like why would you wear a gun that's you know, like that because I can. Mm-hmm. Is is there anything that you can speak towards on that, Doc? Well, you know, I think this ties back to what we're saying, you know, this idea of, um, you know, it's a God-given right, although obviously guns aren't mentioned in the Bible. Uh, yeah. firearms, firearms weren't invented yet at that point. Is that what a jawbone of an ass is? Damn. Let's be fair. There are technological things that have been spoken to in various Bibles, Submarines, for instance, come into play with the Mormons, but you know, that's a whole makes, other thing for that another actually time. Makes me wonder. There, there's a new, um, you know, from the uh, from the movie company that brought you God's Not Dead, God's Not Dead Two, and I think God's Dot Net Dot Net <laughs> Not Dead Three. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, funny enough, we were at the we were at the movie seeing Black Panther today. Yeah, there is another God's Not Dead movie coming out. Oh, so, yeah, but yeah, apparently, right. there's also uh-huh. a Samson movie coming from that same company. Yes. If you brought up Jawbone of an ass, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, okay, so you got <laughs> Samson with shitty CGI. I, yep. I wonder. Um, so will 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 the minigun that he picks up to mow everybody down be called the Jawbone of an ass? Yeah, yeah. there we go. It, it, it's worth pondering. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, Doctor, because okay. because we 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 have a bad habit of doing this at this point. Okay. I talk too much. So all, uh, all yours. No, yeah. no. So, so just to address what you were saying about, um, you know, this idea of, you know, this is my right and, uh, you know, nobody can take that away. And they, they, they lose the, the piece that I was taught in school, which is that your rights extend up to the point where they begin to infringe on someone else's rights. 
and that's where they stop. Yes. But, you know, but the, the, they feel that their rights are absolute. And you can't you can't infringe on that because it says it right there in the Constitution. Um, and never mind that part about you know militias. But I yeah. do want to come back to something you mentioned earlier, which was about is this an addiction? And it reminds yes. me of. of of a, a discussion I heard on um, a talk show, actually, with a, a forensic psychologist. And he was talking about not that the owning the gun is the addiction, but but for the mass shooters, um, that the um, the response they get in the brain every time. And this is pretty, pretty um, grim, if, if you'll indulge me. Uh, the, the response they get in the brain every time they pull that trigger and hit somebody. You know, actually, actually, blow a hole at somebody is similar to the response that someone gets from a hit of crystal meth, or you know, uh, or cocaine, or something like that, which is that dopamine release in the brain yeah. that gives you that reward, and and that you know, this is why the the, um, for example, this most recent shooter um, want used us, um, I think it was a, a smoke bomb to draw people out. So he could, you know, he could and, fire and shoot more and people. And pulled the fire fire alarm. Well, right. Because each time there was a, a, a shot fired and somebody got hit, he gets that dopamine release and, and gets that, that same kind of rush that an addict gets. At least that was the theory of this forensic psychologist. And it made sense to me, actually. Oh, oh okay. Uh, forgive me. Um, we've dealt with these semantics before. And please forgive me if I sound incredibly pedantic here. Part of this is the alcohol. Part of this is Dallin having been a dick before. Um, <laughs> when when we say um, when in this particular case, when you say theory, I would assume. And again, please forgive me. This is this is from a whole bunch of shit that we've had to deal with before. We would assume that you mean. Um, hypothesis. hypothesis. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, I'm 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 bringing this out because very specifically because we have had to deal with this level of pedantry before from people who have just been like and ourselves doing it to ourselves who have mm -hmm. basically said, okay, look, I know this was the wrong word for it. It's supposed to be a hypothesis. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. I said the wrong word. Mm -hmm. Forgive me, and and Dellen, I'm sure would would be the first one to admit. Yeah, we've 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 gone ahead. We've done this before. We right. we've we've mocked up before, um, yeah. and been caught on it. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And yeah. and as I said, as a dedicated skeptic, I I do know the difference. Yes, yeah. You know, it is more properly would be called a hypothesis. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I think a lot of it comes down to. Um, when a person's talking, I think it's got a bit to do with the uh, the rhythm or the timbre at which they're talking. Yeah. And the word sure. theory just kind of rolls out a little bit uh, better than hypothesis. Hypothesis, it's not, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hypothesis. It's, it's not so, um, I need to be sober as a judge in order to say this word type of word. Yeah. See, and and that's the reason why I want to make sure that I, I put it out there. And again, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I killed this one off a little while ago. <laughs> Sorry, I still had the uh, I still had Yeah, I've got the I've got the echo turned off now. I've got a, 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 a mixer board over here with the with the echo system cuz it's like 
This is God, Kent. Stop. <laughs> Some people get that reference. Stop um, groveling. <laughs> yeah. um, we've we've talked about that on many occasions. That you know the the semantics, the words that are used matter. And I know this is this is like way off the beaten path of what we're talking about, but what we say really makes a big difference in what we really mean. And that's one of the reasons why I want to make sure that, you know, we, we, we made sure that anybody that listens to it at this point is knowing full well, we're actually meaning blah, as opposed to, okay, we're just casually, casually saying blah, because, you know, it, it's, it's easy. It's simple that way. Uh, I I know, I know, I know. It's, mm-hmm. it's just kind of the way that it is. Um, You know what? I'm sorry. I'm wow. The uh, uh, yeah, the alcohol is actually affecting me a lot because I tried to look over at what's on the screen right now, and stuff is kind of floating off to the side. So yeah, I'm. I'm being I, very I was careful. I was enjoying listening to you mispronounce words. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to mispronounce this one. Fuck you, lady. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so I'm pretty sure if he was ever too drunk to mispronounce that, he'd be dead. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> um, well, it's only got one syllable, too. Even though the uh, even though I know full well the alcohol is actually affecting me, uh, Bridget, let me, let me let me kind of pull you in a little bit, a little bit. Um, because there's a piece about this that uh, we we didn't hit earlier that I'm kind of wondering about, um, and and forgive me if I'm kind of derailing just a little bit, but I'm I'm kind of pulling back from earlier the whole thing about um, the Catholic health services groups, oh, and whatnot, and and, and I like I said, I, forgive me, I know for well that I'm I'm backtracking a lot for a second before we keep moving on a little bit further. You've dealt with this kind of thing before. Um, there has to be, uh, there has to be, for lack of a better way of putting it, holes, omissions of area where um, stuff is simply not processed for groups that are religiously affiliated that uh, operate various medical facilities. Again, I'm being very generic about the various different pieces that I'm putting because it could be a hospital, it could be a clinic, I don't care what the hell it is, but y- you you know where I'm going with this, I'm assuming. I'm not sure. Elaborate a little further. <laughs> well, Jesus, fuck me. All right. Um, all right. We know for well that Catholic health services will specifically not do certain procedures. Mm-hmm. Okay. With that in mind, are there actually, you know what? Hold on a second. Let me let me back this a little further. From your experience, besides the Catholics specifically, are there any other religious groups that you are af- aware of? that have any kind of um, medical organizations under their wings 
Well, I mean, Baptists do. Okay, that's one I'm not familiar with. Um, I, I've not heard of that. Come to think of it, seriously, Baptist Medical Center. Huh? Maybe it's a thing in the South. I don't know. No, act, wait well, a minute. That that is something that kind of rings a bell. Yeah. I was just gonna say I've seen um, evangelicals attach themselves to fake pregnancy crisis centers. Oh God, those yeah. Yeah. In fact, we we uncovered one of those in the next town over not too long ago. Um, a friend of mine from one of the local groups, she had um, gone, to, wanted to um, volunteer there because she thought, I mean, we, I think we have Planned Parenthood here somewhere, but it's not a prolific thing because, well, we don't tend to need them so much, but we do... Um, abortions are performed at some hospitals and they are also performed at a very few private clinics. We don't really have that many, but they are out there. So anyway, um, my friend had wanted to volunteer because she thought this was a legitimate pregnancy crisis center that would offer the full range of information. And when she went for the interview and Keep in mind, this is a volunteer position, but she went for the interview and somehow it came up that she was an atheist. And now I've since gone over their site and you would not know at first glance that this um, center was affiliated with any kind of religious group until you dug a bit deeper. But it is. And they rejected her outright because she's an atheist. And they actually said you aren't a good fit for us because you don't have the same beliefs that we do. And then she went and looked a little deeper and found out that they are indeed one of these places that um, they claim to give comprehensive information about choices, but they will absolutely not tell anyone anything about an abortion. Mm. Yeah. Um, Let me, since we've only got about uh, 10 minutes or so left in, um, you know, time frame that we've got at this point. Um, and knowing full well, Doc, that you have you have the floor for as long as you want to to finish this out over here. I think maybe this is probably the area that um to use the expression, this is the this is the hill we die on. We have groups that have said we're going not outright said but have effectively said we're going to mimic legitimate health organizations in order to draw in people who otherwise need medical help. Groups who have mimicked groups like Planned Parenthood. Mm. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to use our religious, um, place in society in order to influence them. Mm -hmm. I know this has nothing specifically to do with insurance, but as someone who is in the medical field, this is the area that I would love to end up with your opinion, whether you want to call it as a personal or professional, where you think this piece 
ends up. If it's professional, I would love that especially because I have to imagine that from my position as someone who is a, a lay person who really doesn't know, I have to believe that that is incredibly demoralizing to people who are in a position of need, I think is probably the best word for it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the thing is that, that um, we, we, we have this, this principle that, that patients um, should make informed decisions about their health care, which means they need all the information that's available to them. And the kinds of organizations that you're describing are deliberately withholding information or giving information that's not entirely accurate. Uh, I mean, I've heard about, you know, some of these religiously based, um, you know, um, clinics that are, that are supposed to help women with, with reproductive issues. Of course, they will not tell them about abortion. Well, they will tell them things that, oh, you know, if you have an abortion, it raises your risk of having breast cancer. Yes. Yep. We've heard that one. Isn't any data to support a claim like that. Or that you have run a risk of becoming horribly suicidal. <laughs> or any one of a host of different things that are completely bogus. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Exactly. Going on. Go, all, all yours. I'm sorry. So, no, so my, my, my point being that, that um, you know, you, these, the, the people who are availing themselves of their services are not getting the correct information. They're not able to make an informed decision because the information they've been given is, is faulty. So that's a big issue. Um, I think, and, and, uh, you know, these places should be, I think at least regulated, if not disciplined for, for doing this. Uh, and I don't think they should be, I don't don't think they should be allowed to hide behind. Oh, well, this is, this is our, you know, our religious conviction. So we're allowed to do this. And then you can't, you know, market yourself as a, a, a medical facility because you're not providing medical care up to the exactly. standard that the community ex- expects. I Absolutely. would love to see television networks. Like on, on YouTube, there's a lot of debunking videos mm-hmm. um, that people do. And, you know, some, some people do very good jobs of it. You know, they, uh, they, they tackle the claim, they back it up with evidence, with statistics, with everything like that. I would love to see mainstream networks on TV. Like I'd love to see us there next time I go down uh, to the States for an onsite or something uh, to click on the TV and see an, a network actually do debunkings as TV commercials for places like that. You know, like places where like these false, uh, uh, mm-hmm. family yeah. planning centers, whatever. And just say, yeah. And, and basically call them out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, such a, you know, ABC parenting company here in, uh, Walla Walla, Washington <laughs> claims this, you know, and then they, they play a clip and then mm-hmm. they completely dismantle it. Yeah. Like, cause I, th- I think. No, like, I think a lot of stuff is out there. Like, I mean, you go on YouTube, you want to look for debunking videos. <laughs> Your playlist can be full for a couple of weeks, but it's YouTube. It, it's, it's a limited yeah. exposure network. I would think what's got to happen is the word's got to get out. Yeah. I was going to say, because the women who would need to see that would have to know to look for it. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know if you, if you guys get this show up in, in uh, Canada, but uh, on HBO, 
There's a show called Last Week Tonight, which uh, yep. is hosted by John oh, Oliver. Oh, yes. Um, oh, I'm a big fan of John Oliver. He's doing this kind of investigative journalism, even though he's a comedian. He is. You know, that we, we don't really see uh, much of anywhere else. And this would well, be actually right up his, his alley, I think, to, to uh, do this yeah. kind of debunking that you're mentioning. Yeah, but, uh, but I'm saying it, it's got to be more than like, you know, like, um, you know, Sunday night at seven thirty, we're going to debunk this. And like, like, no, it, it's like, okay, so you're watching your soap opera or whatever it is. Sorry, I haven't had cable for like seven or eight years, so I, I don't watch yeah. a lot of TV these days. Uh, I, I'm stuck actually watching videos and Netflix and everything. Mm-hmm. But oh, okay, for instance, Peter Popoff. Mm. Again, I'm going way off the rails here, but bear with me. This this will work. No, it's okay because I'm 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 actually going to dovetail onto that to to close this out. Yeah, I watched a thing uh, last Christmas at my brother's place. Uh, we were watching TV, and a Peter Popoff commercial came up. I mean, this guy, <laughs> this guy's been dismantled more times than my my collection of Legos when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, but he's still there. And that's what I'm saying is like, yeah, it's great that John Oliver is doing stuff like that. It's great that other people are trying to do stuff like that, assuming they are. But what I'm saying is that in the middle of watching your show on CW or watching the news on, on whatever channel you're on, or in the middle of your midday soap operas, one of these debunking things comes up and it gets, it hits with as much frequency as a freaking tide commercial. Mm-hmm. Hopefully one which they tell you not to eat the pods, but that's another story entirely. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is like, you know, like through repetition comes that real, you know, repetition makes it stick in your brain a bit more. I, I can't, sorry, that's the, uh, a very unscientific way of putting it, but I know you know where saying. I'm coming from. Yeah. But, but it's got out there and, and like, like these are the facts. This is the truth. And it actually was the legitimate truth. Right. Now, I know there's a lot of like, there's probably a whole swack ton of legal stuff mm. that these networks would be suffering. I, I mean, I can just see it now. The, the fire brimstone preacher, you know, that's slander yeah. or, well, yeah, actually it would be slander. We're being persecuted. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and, and that, that would be the biggest problem is that, that the legal department would say, Oh, you can't do this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and this is why a, I'm not in politics. B I'm not in any form of government and C I'm not a TV personality. Because I would not have the freaking patience to put up with that kind of red tape and be like, oh, we can't do this? Watch me. Mm-hmm. You know, but thankfully uh, for, for my financial well-being, I'm not in that position because I'd get my ass sued so badly. <laughs> yeah. And and um, seeing as how we're, we're coming up on the, uh, the end of the third hour, um, normally speaking, I would have all of us have a, a, a little bit of a, 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 a wrap of the whole thing. But doctor, I want to, I want to have you go ahead and um, kind of respond to that. And I would ask for you to kind of go a little bit further. You specifically mentioned about something that is incredibly lacking these days that you specifically mentioned investigative journalism. Because that is something about that that is so lacking and necessary in today's social consciousness that I think that you probably are, you've probably got something that qualifies as a real 
worthy closer for us. So I'm going to go ahead and say that anything that we as our individual co-host would otherwise say to close up the shop, that's off the table. Anything that you've got to say at this point is closing us up. I'm not saying that because I'm, I'm putting to put, uh, I'm looking to put anything heavy on your shoulders, but I would really love to hear what it is that you've got to say about all of that. Okay. In your opinion. Okay. All right. So this isn't a particularly medical opinion, but no. uh, you know, but the, the idea is that, um, and this comes back to making informed decisions. It, it, in order to form a cogent opinion, you need information. You need facts. And, you know, I, this, this particular quote has been attributed to many different people. But the quote is, um, everyone is entitled to his or her own opinion, but not to their own facts. And what we're seeing, and one reason why... Uh, the the dialogue in in the United States has has kind of devolved into you know two warring camps that are divided by this tribalism by this tribal divide is that each side gets a different chunk of information that doesn't dovetail doesn't that compatible with what the other side is hearing you know the right is watching Fox News and they're hearing that and the left is watching maybe MSNBC and they're hearing that. Um, so MSNBC is giving you part of the story. Fox news is giving you a bunch of nonsense most of the time. And, you know, each side says, well, how can the other side possibly believe that? Because they've got a different set of information that they're working from. Um, and I don't see how we're going to be able to come together to solve all of the problems that are facing us as, as a nation, as a people, unless we get on the same page. And the only way to do that is to have, journalists who are going to go out there and present information that everyone is going to have available to them, as opposed to, you know, this, this narrow casting idea that I'm only going to watch, you know, the channel that tells me what I already believe. That's, that's mm -hmm. getting us nowhere. It's getting us further and further down the hole. Mm -hmm. That's my piece. Absolutely. No. And, and awesome. that is very, you know what? I can't think of anything else that any of the rest of us could possibly come up with. That's not the alcohol talking, which by the way, wow, there's a lot of it talking through me right now. <laughs> and I can, I and never, I can prove it. never would have guessed. <laughs> and, and, I, and I can prove it because uh, doc is very nice to see your pussy on uh, camera right about now over your right shoulder. Uh, I don't know if you noticed. Kitty. Oh, oh, I see a little, a little Eddie. ear. No, you're no. right shoulder. Right, that right shoulder. Kitty. Yeah, no, yeah, Kitty. Kitty was photobombing earlier. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> oh, there it is. So, um, Kitty, Kitty. Even, even with the alcohol talking in my head, um, I know full well that this has been in many occasions, uh, in in many respects, really difficult for a lot of people to listen to. Those of you that have made it through to the end of this all, thank you for having the bravery and the temerity to make it through both episodes. <laughs> Those of you that have um, had a hard time of it, thank you for working through. Seriously. I know that a lot of the stuff that I've said tonight has been really tough. I know that there are a lot of you that are Parents 
are really trying to figure out what the hell to do with stuff. I know that there are a lot of you who are skeptics who are trying to figure out what the hell to do or dealing with medical stuff, trying to figure out what the hell to do. On behalf of all of us, again, this is not the alcohol talking. Seriously, it's not. We really hope that we've given you something to think about because we've covered a lot of territory. And there's still so much more that we haven't talked about that with any luck, maybe over the next four years, we'll be able to talk about and give you something to think about. Thanks for being with us. So let me go ahead and thank you all individually. Dr. Richard, thank you very much for your time this evening. Uh, Is there anything that you'd like to tell anybody uh, in particular, before we get on out of here, and of course, um, before we get out of here, if you want to drop a, an email or a Facebook or anything, I'll be sure to put that into the show notes for us. Um, well, just uh, I appreciated uh, the opportunity to to come on the show and, and speak. I enjoyed it very much. It was very intellectually stimulating. <laughs> and uh, as far as uh, providing an email, should I should I type that in, or how, how do you want? Uh, well, if yeah, if if you just drop it uh, uh, text into the uh, uh, the group chat for us over here, I'll be sure to make sure that that goes into the show notes and uh, specifically what you would like folks to be able to contact you with or contact you uh, through one way or another. That'd be wonderful. Otherwise, um, if there isn't, uh, don't put it in there because you know the internet. You know for well if it's if it's there once, it's there forever. Oh yeah, you know how that works, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> anyway, seriously, on behalf of the group of us, in all seriousness, thank you so much for sticking out with us for the entire time. I know for well it's super early, super late at this point, but seriously, both. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing it's a long weekend, eh? <laughs> yeah, truly so. And and yeah, I appreciate oh, you coming on. Thank you so much. Yeah. 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 Bridget, uh, of course. Thank you very much for your time, and uh, you have yourself a good morning. Me too. Okay. All right. You, you know, is this for us you- to plug something? <laughs> <laughs> well, he gave he gave an email. We can we can okay plug yeah. that in the show notes. Yeah. So well, if you, you email want me with questions, me. whatever. Yeah, if you want to find me on Facebook, uh, you can find me under Bridget Fitch, and if you would like to go check out my blog it's at bridgetfitch2112.wordpress.com fair enough thank you hon. heretic woman um yes. yeah we've we've got less than 15 minutes you think you can squeeze yeah all your yeah stuff in yeah there? yeah fine all right so right. this week on beyond the trailer park we are on sunday night again because we are bringing back joe magistro of uh uh, Milwaukee humanist, but this time we're going to talk about his tenure as a member of Iglesia Ni Cristo out of the Philippines, which is a wackadoodle church. Let me tell you, in fact, a guy from the Philippines just won a refugee claim in Canada because he was able to prove they were trying to kill him. 
So we're going to talk to Joe about that and, and his time as a member of that church. He joined for love. So, you know, noble intentions. But uh, anyway, so that's this week on Beyond the Trailer Park, which is tomorrow. Well, today, um, Sunday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern instead of our regular Monday night. And I just uh, dropped an episode of Full Chronic yesterday. So that's available over at www.fullchronic.com. And uh, this time... Allah actually tells you a couple of things to do finally, because he's been all threat and no substance. And, uh, oh, he gets a little bit pervy. And, yeah, he said he was logging off. And, um, yeah, I think that's about it. And, oh, and I, I, I've had a Sufi Muslim on in the great debate community challenged me on my choice of translation. And she is apparently going to tell me why I'm interpreting everything wrong. So I, that's not part of the show, but I'm, I've started the discussion and should it become interesting, it may just make it into the show. We shall see. And for those of you who don't know this, the, uh, sorry, not the, yes, yeah, Sufis. I guess the Sufis are kind of the the uh, hippies of the Islamic world. She basically said, if it's something that sounds bad in the Quran, you're interpreting it wrong, period. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh-huh. So there we go. So again, uh, Sunday night for Beyond the Trailer Park, uh, 7.30 p.m. normal time. And of course, beyondthetrailerpark.com or our YouTube channel. You can find us there and www.fullchronic.com. You can find all the Islamic fun over there. Okay. Uh, forgive me for a second. I'm looking through our list of... Um, for those of you that don't know how this stuff works... We have our own text chat. And there was a link that uh, Eric yes. woman had put yes. <laughs> for uh, one particular uh, one particular Facebook group. And as somebody who has one of the magenta uh, Star Trek next, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Star Trek two, the Wrath of Khan jackets. Um, I'm having a hard time really looking at this first person that's that's on there with their jacket yep. and uh, all the all the well, metals that, that was that was the piece that i wanted you to see i just didn't want to it has nothing to do with our discussion tonight so it wasn't worth true enough. true <laughs> enough so uh dallin um i want you to know something yeah i think i qualify as drunk at this point because um, yeah so uh just just so you know um yeah the break that you got i i really hope that you remember where the hell that is because i don't if i remember correctly it's about 90 minutes in um give or take yeah yeah it'll, it'll be simple to find in the audio track so i'll be able to split this sure. up quite simply i'm sure so uh thank you very much for everything that you do man i i really do appreciate it and this that is not the alcohol uh, i've said on many occasions Dallin has done wonderful things for us, and I really do appreciate it. Again, not the alcohol talking. This is actually me because he doesn't get nearly enough appreciation. I can't pay him. So thanks, man. Yeah. 
And what he's talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is if you are hearing this via audio in the year 3525, it's because I was the schlep that took the audio and turned it into a podcast format, which you can find over at holycrapthevlogcast.com. And uploaded it onto the Tesla that's currently orbiting the Earth and the Mars. Oh, man, I wish. Oh, tell me <laughs> about it, man. If only. If only. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure there are probably about, oh, I don't know, 10 million other podcasts that would probably make it onto that particular MP3 player long yeah. before we did. Details. Yeah. Plus, we'd end up taking up all the space just given the size of the files. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you can check us over there. Um, and as for myself, if I've ever got any kind of random thoughts that um, I'm able to keep coherent long enough to get from my brain to my fingers on the keyboard, uh, you can catch it over at inthewind.yl5.ca. In all seriousness, man, thank you. I really do appreciate it. I re really do. Yeah, no problem. So for those of you that are wondering, um, did I go ahead and actually finish off two bottles of wine? Yes, he did. There they are. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes, Don't break do. them. <laughs> no. No. Um, do, I have, uh, do I have the drunk on me? Yes. Yeah. Close. It is actually really no, close. No, it's it's not close. It's, it's, it's beyond. It's it's yeah. You, okay. You haven't you, you haven't made a whole lot of sense in the last ten minutes. Wow. <laughs> Thanks ever so much. Uh, You're the one that told me to fuck off, so you know. <laughs> I would Here. tell you that anyway. Who yes. <laughs> Whatever. So thank you everybody for being part of all this. If you'd like to go ahead and get in touch with us, if you'd like to leave a voicemail message, you can leave it over on the voice line at 859-HCTV-554, 859-428-554. And for those of you that are wondering, yes, I actually do have double vision going on. Holy shit, that's new. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's actually really novel. But as Dallin mentioned, yes, please Visit us over on the web at holycrapthevodcast.com. You can get the audio version of the show as well as all of our social media right from over there. With um, with thanks, of course, to the good doctor. Uh, thank you. I'll make sure that his uh, email link is over there for you as well as a Facebook link because he uh, gave that to us. So if you'd like to get in contact with him, by all means, feel free. And um, item last. And this is, again, not the alcohol talking. For all of you that have got kids, we understand how nervous you must be every day here in the U.S. I share that with you every day. And I will not tell my kid at all how scared I truly am. It's not for them to know. It's for us to have to deal with them. Go on, take care. Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap of Logcast. 
feel free to leave a comment on the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Google Plus pages. Theme music provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. On behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.